Welcome to the Billboard Mastery Podcast, where you will learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, select the construction type, build, rent the ad space, and operate billboard signs. And now, here is your host, the guy that built from scratch the largest privately owned billboard company in Dallas-Fort Worth, Frank Rolfe. I'll never forget the meeting where I met with a guy about a billboard lease. I was all excited. I got in the door. So I went to them and I told them how much money they could make. It was, as I recall, about $500 a month. And the guy behind the desk says to me, I wouldn't do anything for 500 bucks a month. Who cares? That's a joke. And that was it. No interest in money at all, even though I was offering him basically money for nothing. Just a property, not going anywhere, nothing going on. Wanted to build a billboard and pay the guy $6,000 a year. And nevertheless, he just threw it in my face and said, nah, 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 that's pathetic. I don't even bother thinking or talking about amounts that small. This is Frank Rowe with the Billboard Mastery Podcast. We're going to talk about how to try and overcome objections from people who just seemingly are too rich to care, who don't care about money. Now, let me tell you a story. The first thing I want you to be aware is that rich people do care about money. They care about it a lot. I once had a a bunch of letters I sent out on some properties in Dallas in a really bad part of town. There were some properties that were properly zoned for a billboard. There wasn't a whole lot of traffic. But I thought, you know what? Maybe I could build a billboard down there and somehow make the numbers make sense. So I sent out a bunch of letters, and one name I sent it to is Wirt Davis. Now, for those of you who are not from Dallas, Wirt Davis was one of the most famous business people in Dallas history, founder of Republic National Bank, very, very well-known, big bucks person down there in the Big D. And I thought, wow, how crazy. I'm sending a letter to Wirt Davis offering to pay him, as I recall, about $100 a month, about $1,200 a year. And I thought, why am I even bothering to do this? But what the heck, I'll just go ahead and do it, but I'll never get a call. Believe it or not, just a few days after I sent the letter out, I got a call personally from Wart Davis. He called me up and said, hi, I'm calling about that billboard letter you sent me. Is this Frank Rolfe? I said, yeah, that's, that's me. He goes, well, hey, this is Wart Davis. Got your letter. It's a magnificent offer for that land. The land, I've owned it for decades. It isn't going anywhere. Can't believe I could get some income on it. And then he tells me, hey, could I get a commission if I lined up some of my neighboring property owners? So here was Texas, one of Texas' richest people, all enthused over $1,200 a year, and then wanting commissions to help me get some other leases signed up. And that's how what I found over the years is when you talk to really wealthy people, they really care about even small amounts of money. That's how they got to be wealthy. It's the people who aren't really wealthy who try and pretend that money doesn't mean anything. It's kind of ridiculous, right? They, for some reason, think that really rich people, which they're not, don't care about real money, but they do. So they've created this almost cartoon character-like persona that doesn't seem to care about anything regarding dollars and cents. So what do you do when you come across these people with this clown-like behavior who try and pretend that money doesn't mean much? Well, the first thing is, when you propose the money from your lease, don't do like I did. I should not have said it's like $500 a month. 
I should have said 6,000 a year. Because when you puff up numbers into their largest number, it definitely obviously garners more attention. If I just said to the guy 6,000 a year, he might thought to himself, wow, 6,000 bucks, like that might buy me a Rolex watch or something. But $500 for some reason, he couldn't just multiply that times 12 in his own brain. So he dismissed it as not being much money. So when you make your offer, make it as big as you can make it. So don't just offer monthly, offer the annual amount. And then the lease can say it's done monthly and paid monthly, but you already have your foot in the door. Another thing to tell people who think that money isn't that much would be, hey, well, what about if you just gave it to one of your relatives who doesn't have any money? So if you don't think that $6,000 is a lot, I bet you got some family member who does, maybe a kid. Do you have a grandkid who might like $6,000 each and every year coming in the door? Think about that for a minute. If they save that up over 18 years, it might pay for college. And I found that sometimes that would trigger a nerve with people. They'd say, well, I don't care about money, but I do have this poor relative. And yeah, I guess that really would change their life. So sometimes the optics of passing it off not to them, like, hey, this money is for you, but instead, how about this money for somebody else? That can sometimes do the trick. Or you can say, what about if you go ahead and donate the money to a foundation or a charity or even start one yourself? See, a lot of people who want to act like big shots as far as money, they also want to act like big shots regarding philanthropy. They want to have a foundation or nonprofit, so they can go to a cocktail party and say, hey, I've got this nonprofit, not telling people there's hardly any money in it. I've had people in the past tell me, oh, I've got this nonprofit, and I can look it up, because you, know, you can look up any nonprofit online. All of that is a public record, and it actually even shows the tax return, and you'll find most of those people, those nonprofits have no money in them at all, and they pay out incredibly small amounts a year. So when you throw out the idea of the nonprofit, what they're thinking is, wow, one more way to stoke my ego and say at a cocktail party, hey, I got this giant nonprofit, which is funded by some little billboard along the highway. So that can also be an attraction for them. Finally, you know, sometimes just being enthusiastic about stuff can sway those folks because at the end of the day, some of them just like and are turned on by your enthusiasm. Enthusiasm can be contagious. Even people who feign that they don't really need any money, they often do need to have their own ego stroked. And they also like to have the fact that they feel in some way that they're helping other people out. So often, if you just say, look, I know it's not a lot of money to you, but it is a lot of money to me. I would sure like to get this deal done. That's really all that it takes. Because now you're appealing to them and not just a dollar and cents terminology, but you're appealing to their basic human nature. This is Frank Croft, the Billboard Mastery Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Billboard Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at www.billboardmastery.com, where you can find past episodes of this show, plus an array of information to help you successfully build, buy, and operate billboard signs.